Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of the MLB Extras Mets podcast. I'm Tim McMaster, Anthony DeComo is here, our Mets reporter. Uh, This week, as we continue to go around the horn with this team getting ready for spring training, we will talk about the infield and how it's ready to shape out. And the Mets, when you look at the infield, really one of the more fascinating rosters when you look around baseball because there's so many different things that could happen. So we'll talk a lot about that. Before we get to that, though, John Rico has been the guy in this front office, Anthony, that it always seemed like something's going to happen. Is he going to leave the organization? Is he going to have his position kind of solidified as something? And finally, we got news on Tuesday that his position with the team is going to be a new role, probably somewhat some of the stuff he used to do, but with some other stuff as well. The official title is Senior Vice President and Strategy Officer. What exactly does that mean? Yeah, it means, uh, it's, you know, he's not totally out of, of baseball operations. Um, and that's good for a team that has employed John Rico in baseball operations for 15 years, the last 13 of them as an assistant general manager. So this guy knows the ins and outs of a baseball front office of baseball operations, uh, as well as, as, as if not better than just about anyone in the league. Uh, but what it means is that he's kind of going to step back from the absolute day-to-day every single baseball ops decision he'll concentrate on some of the stuff that he's always handled and has been really good at in the past some of the administrative stuff uh, contracts arbitration things like that and in addition to that he'll take on some additional uh, roles and on the business side and uh, that can take on any number of things we'll kind of find out as we go along but it's going to allow you know john rico to have a hand in, in maybe more of the overarching strategy uh, of the team, of the business end of the team, where the organization goes from here. So, um, you know, a, a, obviously a, a a guy who's very well thought of within the Mets organization, uh, a guy who the team and ownership wanted to keep around, uh, despite a lot of uncertainty when Brody Van Wagen came on as GM. You saw a ton of turnover in this front office over the course of this winter, uh, but the Mets were pretty consistent in wanting to make sure that John Rico stayed. Uh, so this is his new job, and he'll, like I said, he'll have kind of a hand in, in almost everything the organization does. 
All right, so that's interesting and, and kind of the final piece that had to fall as far as the new front office goes. Let's move on to the infield now. When I was getting ready for the podcast, looking at all the different positions, I was like, do we start with the messiest position? Do we start with kind of the clean cup position? Where do we go? Because every position, I'm seeing the same exact names repeated over and over again. Um, so this is what I meant by that it's interesting because by opening day, there has to be a plan. I'm not sure if that plan is really set Right now, it may depend a lot upon what happens during spring training. And then a few weeks into the season, it may change a little bit more with the Peter Alonso factor. I decided at the end of the day to start at shortstop because it seems like Ahmed Rosario is going to be the guy for the most part that is set playing shortstop for the New York Mets in 2019. Is that at least correct? Yes, that is correct on most days. <laughs> it's the guy who I think... Uh, has a lot of uh, a lot of breakout potential. You look at what he did. Uh, you look at his traditional stats down the stretch and his his advanced metrics down the stretch and all that stuff. And he looks like a guy who, who's who's on the cusp, who's on the verge of becoming the player that you know the Mets have long thought he could be. So uh, yeah, he's the starting shortstop, and if everything goes well, he will be the starting shortstop for years to come in Flushing. Uh, the question is. How do the Mets deploy him to best continue that development arc? You know, down the stretch when he was hitting so well, they were pretty conscientious about getting him a day off a week. And you don't always hear that about younger players who obviously have a lot more energy, obviously, uh, you know, don't have the aches and pains that older older guys do and, uh, you know, are, are, are more capable of playing 150 plus games a year. But the Mets thought it was important to give Rosario some rests and we'll see if they continue to do that. Uh, Jed Lowry is now on board, and while he's not, uh, hasn't really played a ton of shortstop in recent years, he can play the position, and he will be their primary backup shortstop. So I would expect Lowry to get, you know, a start if not every week, every couple of weeks at shortstop. And uh, other than that, Rosario will continue to play, and as long as he does not completely crash and burn in his second full year in the big leagues, he will be, like I said, the shortstop for the foreseeable future. All right, you mentioned Lowry, so let's go there next. Um, he's a guy that could play shortstop a little bit. He can pretty much play anywhere of the all four positions, third, second, first base as well. Um, I think that's why they got him. So how does that – what does the breakdown in your mind look like once we get into the season as far as Jed Lowry starts in, in different positions? Yeah, it's a good question, and it's uh, it's something the Mets are, are going to have to monitor very closely. This is going to be maybe the – the toughest personnel challenge that Mickey Halloway will have at least early in the season is finding ways to get Jed Lowry in the lineup every single day, because they promise this guy everyday reps. Uh, he deserves everyday reps based on his past two seasons, what he's done, why he signed here for two years. So what it looks like is because Ahmed Rosario will be at short and because Robinson Cano will be at second. And I know we'll get there in, in, in a minute. Uh, that leaves first base and third base. And Jed Lowry is not a first baseman, so he'll be at third base more often than not. Now, what do you do with Todd Frazier? If you're playing Lowry at third, you kind of have to shift Frazier over to first. And I do think the Mets will do that. It sounds like they've already kind of had that conversation with Frazier, and he's amenable to it. He's played a bunch of firsts in the past and can play there. Now, the obvious question from there is, well, what about Peter Alonzo? What about Dominic Smith? And, and the answer is, we'll see. We'll see how this shakes out in camp. We'll see who's healthy. We'll see who's hitting well. Brody Van Wagenen has said very clearly that he's going to take the best 
25 guys north of him. And he, he's almost backed himself into a corner that if Peter Alonso has a dynamic breakout spring, you almost have to take him at that point. But there are these roster considerations of if you wait two weeks to call up Peter Alonso, then you can have team control for an extra year. Uh, so it, it's really, it's not something that organizations around baseball have done. Uh, you know, we, we've seen it with Ronald Acuna, with Chris Bryant, teams just holding them down for another extra weeks. And that would seem to be the play with Peter Alonso. So if that's the case, there'll be plenty of time early in the season for Todd Frazier at first. If it's not the case, and Alonso is somehow starting at first base on opening day, then they're going to have trouble finding Frazier playing time. I think he would be the casualty here, not Jed Lowry, who the Mets, like I said, have promised quite a bit of time. Could always bring Peter Alonso north with you, and then just let him keep going to Syracuse, right? I mean, that's not that that's <laughs> not lying. Travel, We're going to bring yeah. him with us north. We're just not going to bring him to Queens. He's going to go to AAA Syracuse for a couple of weeks. So we'll see. I, I would imagine that's what's going to happen despite what he says. All right, let's go to second next, I guess. You mentioned Robinson Cano, and at least this year, that seems like it's his position. Um, we'll see going forward if he stays there for the length of this contract. Um, but there's a chance that Robinson Cano at his age could get bumps and bruises, or the team just wants to rest him a little more because of his age too. So if when Robinson Cano is not playing second, is it Jed Lowry, or is that where Jeff McNeil finds a way onto this roster? How does second base play out? I like the answer to every single other question. It's, it, it depends. <laughs> like you There's said, a definite theme here. Yeah, there is a definite theme here. And that's kind of what the Mets wanted to establish in, in creating all of this infield depth. They wanted to give themselves options uh, in case something goes wrong. And even if something doesn't go wrong, they want to be able to rest a 36-year-old Robinson Cano and not have to rely on him to be the everyday second baseman. So uh, how, or excuse me, who fills in at second when Cano is not playing there? It's going to depend on that first base situation. Is is Todd Frazier there? Is Peter Alonso there? So what's Jed Lowry doing? Is he at third? Does Jeff McNeil take to the outfield? Or do we establish in spring training that really he's just not a big league quality defender there because he hasn't played the position all that much? All of this is going to factor into it. I think at the end of the year, uh, you know, while Cano will see the bulk of time at second base, Lowry will play there. McNeil will play there. You will see both of those guys at that position. And probably those three will get will have the absolute lion's share of the reps over there. But it's going to be fluid. It's going to depend on how guys are faring at, at first, at third, uh, even at shortstop to play a role. And it's going to fare upon injuries, too, because every single one of these infielders, not all of them that we mentioned, are going to be healthy all year long, all year long. There will be DL stints, there will be this, there will be that, aches and pains, and, and guys will have to pick up the slack and, and fill in the gaps. You mentioned Dom Smith, and when you look at it, as far as this team as a whole and the future and all of that, he seems like maybe an odd man out. There's also J.D. Davis, who the team has brought in as well. We'll get an invite to, to spring training. Um, what do those guys have to do to find their way onto this roster? Have great camps. That's pretty much it. And I do believe that both of those guys you just mentioned have every chance in the world to be on the opening day roster. I shouldn't say every chance in the world. Have a clear path to being on the opening day roster. It involves just hitting well. Uh, J.D. Davis is has the potential to be a dynamic power hitter from the right side of the plate. He has showed it in the minor leagues. He had an absolutely amazing season at AAA last year in the Astros organization. It just hasn't translated to the big leagues so far this year. So the Mets 
you know, if they see that spark from him, yeah, they could absolutely carry him as a bench option, as a guy to to replace Wilmer Flores, that player who comes off the bench and, and is a real legitimate threat against left-handed pitching. And then Dominic Smith, we'll see. I mean, he's he's had his chances in the past. The Mets have also kind of... Uh, toyed with him in ways with his development and bringing him up, bringing him down, uh, you know, moving to the outfield. Uh, he hasn't, I, I don't know if you could say he's really had a fair shake at the big leagues quite yet, but he also has struggled in the opportunities he has had. He hasn't hit at all in parts of two years in the big leagues. Last spring was kind of his big chance to show that he belonged, to show that he could be the everyday first baseman. And he wound up showing up late his first day of camp getting hurt the next day and essentially missing the entire spring. So it wasn't a good year 2018 for Dominic Smith, but if he comes out like gangbusters this spring in Port St. Lucie, and yeah, especially with the real possibility that Peter Alonso is down at AAA on opening day, I think there's a spot for Dominic Smith on the roster. And once you have that foot in the door, you know, if you take that opportunity to run with it, then, you know, maybe all of a sudden he turns into the first round pick that the Mets thought they were drafting, but he's going to have a chance. And this is going to be the biggest spring of Dominic Smith's life. All right. I think that brings us for the most part around the infield. One more thing to mention when you look at this team from a prospect perspective and the new top 100 prospects list came out from MLB pipeline this week, Peter Alonzo, uh, the top rated Mets guy at 51, but not far behind him at number 58 is Andres Jimenez, a shortstop who had a great 2018 in this organization. He's probably still a year away. Um, but if injuries hit this team hard, would they look down to the minors and Andres Jimenez at some point in 2019 to fill a hole? It's possible. I would call it unlikely. Uh, you know, he's still yeah. extremely young, like you said, 20 years old. Uh, and, and they have such depth throughout the infield, as we just discussed, that this is the area that I wouldn't worry about them having to dip down and, and you know, take someone who's just not ready yet. They're going to want to be careful with Andres Jimenez because this is a guy who has a you know, potential to be a real stud in the big leagues, both offensively and defensively. And, and wow, is he polished. I was impressed. Uh, you know, the Mets borrowed him in big league camp a couple of times last year, and I'm sure they will again uh, have him play some games this year. And just a really polished, professional young kid. Uh, you don't really see, I mean, he was 19 at the time. You just don't really see that kind of, of polish from a kid at 19. So they like him a lot. And, and the question will become if, you know, if, Ahmed Rosario has the type of year this year that I think a lot of people are hoping he can. And if Andres Jimenez has the type of year in the minors that a lot of people are hoping he can, it's going to be a problem. And it's going to be a very good problem for the Mets to have if they have two of the best young shortstops in professional baseball. Uh, but they're going to have to figure out what to do. Is, is Jimenez the long-term answer at second base? Is he trade fodder for some something else, some other need on the diamonds? Uh, we'll find out. But uh, like I said, it would be a good problem to have if both of those guys have really great seasons. Yeah, he only played 37 games at AA Binghamton last year, so you would think he would start the year in Binghamton, and maybe if he gets off to a great start at some point, find his way to AAA and then, then be ready maybe to go in 2020 if there's a need for him there. So definitely a good, good guy to have down there and looking upon in that farm system as a whole. Um, even though they traded away some guys, there are definitely some pieces not an overall huge system as far as top rankings or anything, but there are some pieces along the way 
for sure. All right, great stuff as always, Anthony. This has been the MLB Extras Mets podcast. You can find Anthony on Twitter at Anthony DeComo. I'm there at MLB underscore McMaster. You can find all of our club podcasts at MLB.com backslash podcast, also on Google Play and Apple Podcasts. For Anthony DeComo, I'm Tim McMaster. Thank you for listening. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.